1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen to another episode of living the stream i'm jj Zacharyson, the late round quarterback and i am joined as always by my lovely co-host denny carter denny what's going on man
0: hey i just uh want to give a shout out to anybody who's still following me on twitter after um you follow me on friday the 13th last week i know that was a, a rough trip for people so appreciate you st- sticking by no, no matter how bad it got
1: how many how many uh friday the 13th did you watch
0: uh two two that's that's and
1: fewer than i thought you would watch
0: well i'm an old i'm an old guy like if you start a movie, the movie at like nine o'clock and you get two in that's that's pretty good that's Back true in-
1: hey look i saw you look two weekends ago i saw you out late so i just assume that that's that's your weekend ritual
0: oh my god please uh yeah you didn't see me the next day where i was actually in a casket <laughs> right
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Meanwhile, I had to I had to drive six and a half hours back to Charlotte. <laughs> and so
0: I, I just picture
1: you driving six hours,
0: hung over, on two hours of sleep, uh, just a, a crying Jordan face the entire time.
1: Oh my gosh! Speaking speaking of, of of parties and having to like drive back, I found out today. So two of my best friends are getting married in October, uh, and and another friend is getting married in October, and I am now going to. Three bachelor parties, all in August, uh, all uh, con- all consecutive weekends. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know what to do.
0: Rest in peace.
1: Rest in peace, my body. By my, just my, like by the third bachelor party, I'm not even gonna want to drink alcohol.
0: No, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're gonna be like, guys, I've turned over a new leaf because I can't remember the last two weekends. So <laughs>
1: right, right, it's gonna be it's gonna be horrendous. I don't know. Like I I, I put it together today because one of them I'm planning for for my buddy. Uh, and the only weekend that matched up was right before the other two that were already scheduled. So it's just it's well, crazy.
0: You know what's best about August is that at least it's not a busy time for fantasy football. Purposes. Right, right,
1: <laughs> exactly. <That's... laughs> nothing like nothing like all of this happening during the busiest month of the year. <laughs> it's it, like the it,
0: the most exciting vital month of the whole year. <laughs>
1: right, and every and there's going to be three basically three Fridays that I'm going to be out. Essentially, that's that's what what it comes down to. Your
0: mock drafting is going to be way down, my friend.
1: It will be. Hopefully, I'll get all, enough. Actually, the thing that sucks is is so like I, you know I try to play a decent volume MFL tens, and the thing that sucks most is you know if you're out on the weekend like we were on Saturday for last Sat two Saturdays ago, for instance, I I made a pick. So I, I I was drafting like I had a a pretty good team that I felt good about. Even after the fact, I still feel good about it, but. I drafted Doug Martin, one of my only like Doug Martin shares that I've I've gotten so far this season, and I was drinking Bud Light as you saw on that mm-hmm. sa- on that Saturday night. And while I believe we were out, I I selected Charles Sims also oh no which is which is just the, the worst the most awful strategy that you can have in an MFL 10 where you're handcuffing guys you shouldn't be hang by the way guys if you're doing an MFL 10 you shouldn't be handcuffing running backs you actually have you should be hang if you're gonna handcuff you should handcuff running backs that you don't have to to, cap- to capture that upside uh so I woke up the next morning and I was like damn it like I really liked my team up until that point so my my hope now is that like I'm I'm almost like like do I want do I want Doug Martin to get hurt? Like is that is that, uh, is that the game plan? That's I think I
0: think that you've been rooting for that for like two years now. I actually. kind
1: kind of have. I'm not the biggest Doug Martin guy.
0: No, I know. I'm I'm a Martin Truther, but uh, uh, I think your biggest mistake is is drafting drunk. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can't. It's it's a horrible idea. It's an absolutely horrible idea. It's, but that's yeah. going to happen throughout August. So I mean, if you guys get into MFL tens with me in August, I mean, just just that's that's you're 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 now competing against ten other guys instead of eleven.
0: Right. You're you're going to have all four uh, New York Giants running backs. Uh, right. In, yeah. In those right. yeah
1: I'm gonna, that, that's going to be. I'm going to draft five running backs, and it's going to be Le'Veon Bell and those four Giants running backs.
0: Have I ever told you that? Um, we have got we've we've received requests uh, into Draft day Consultants. Uh, little little slip of the uh, advertisement there, nice. um, <clears throat> where people will say, um, you know, I plan and I'm paraphrasing. I I plan on getting uh, annihilated during my draft, so I need someone to be there as like my my DD. Yeah. At, as, as like my drafting DD, like someone to take, take the wheel, you know, and, and say, we're drafting this person, not that person, because I'm going to be too drunk to pick. So people actually prepare for this.
1: Look, oh, I mean, you have to, I, 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 make the mistake in my home league because every, especially now that I'm in, I'm in Charlotte, my, my brother who's in my league and so he lives in Raleigh, so he's close to Charlotte. And then I got buddies that are in the league that live in Charlotte. So we, we make a day out of it and we go golfing and then we come, come home and we draft. Right. And we've been drinking all day. Last year, I was I was smashed, and I decided to just I was I got in a bidding war for Amir Abdullah. Just 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 why not, right? It's your home league. Why wouldn't you do that? Sure. Right. And he went for like twenty five dollars more than he should have to me <laughs> because because I'd been drinking all. It's a, it's a real thing. It's a real real thing. I know that we shouldn't be talking about this kind of stuff necessarily in the podcast, but look, we're we're just we're keeping it 100
0: we we're 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 real. We're just real people like you are.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a very real thing. You're going to drink while you draft. If I was st- look, I always tell my my league mates that because they make fun of me when it, it like it's not easy to win any league. It's not easy to win my home league just because you you have to you're you're still like this is a 14 team league. I'm competing against 13 other people. Anything can happen. I think I had the best team last year, but regardless, I mm-hmm. didn't win last year. And so my excuse every year is that just just. You know, if I did the draft sober, you guys, you guys would have no idea how much I'd whoop your ass.
0: Exactly, but will, but they will, they will never know. I'll, I'll tell you one thing about, uh, like when I know I've had too much to drink is when, like for instance, I'll hear a song come on, and th- this happened uh, last year, uh, around the draft, actually not on the draft day, but a song come on, even oh I love this song, and then before you know it, you're like, wait, where would that song go? <laughs> I thought that song was on who turned out. The like, dude, that ended 10 minutes ago.
1: What? This, I didn't hear it. Let it go. I uh I always I've <laughs> never mind, I shouldn't talk about yeah, this. Yeah, maybe
0: we should just cut. I I do I do want to say talking about what real people really talk about. I just want to touch on on something if I can. This is yeah. the most awkward transition in the show's history.
1: Yeah, getting getting drunk to talking about this. Let's go. But
0: I'm going to but I'm going to keep I'm going to power through it and I'm going to say the real people out there are talking. are really actually talking about participation participation trophies Interesting. this is this is a big thing on my twitter and my and my facebook feeds which you know the two
1: what spawned are, that what spawned that
0: you know i think it was a I think it was a column i think i think one of like a super hot takey sports writer yeah. was like you know uh, obama and uh, participation trophies are destroying america mm-hmm. um, and um, I I have to say that I my feelings on this, uh, my take on this has changed over you know the past year or so because I was once in the camp uh, I was once in the camp of probably like you know mostly like Donald Trump supporters like you know participation trophies are an abomination and no one should get them and it's it's a disgusting practice and kids have to learn how to lose because losing builds character and winning builds nothing, but then i talked to my dad and you know the listeners love my dad so i have to give i have to give a dad update at least once a show right right my dad coached little league baseball uh for uh 15 or 16 years he he coached uh, me and and my brother who's 5 years younger and so i asked him and i was expecting him to just confirm everything that i was saying you know i was like i like you know, asked him and then i kind of sat back waiting for, waiting to be uh, you know, to have my views affirmed by my dad, and uh, it was the opposite. He he said he said, "I don't get the big deal." You know, he said, and I, I said, "What what are you talking about?" And I just kind of repeated what what people say about these participation trophies that they're harmful and and uh, they 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 have some they show some moral weakness in the culture. And he said, "Look, I coached the vast majority of the kids I coached." were terrible at baseball. Horrendous. They had never played, they probably will would never play again after that. So, for them to have a trophy, just one little thing to to look back on, one little object to look back on when they get older and say, "You know what? I played baseball that one year." And maybe to have some memories of that team and maybe some memories of of the coaches, including my dad. He said, "Then then so be it." You know, so be it. They they, they have a they have a little a little prize for, for trying in baseball one year. And so that, that totally changed my mind on it. I will say that I don't get like why people are so mad about it.
1: No, it's, it's insane. I like, I, like, I, I mean, this is the way, you know, I feel about politics too, in general, not, not that this is like a political topic, but just like the fact that like, it's crazy to me that people care about the smallest stuff, right? Like they, they just have insane, insane opinions on, on, on really, really trivial stuff. And this is just one of those things where it's like, if you're going to have, a, and I don't, I don't mean opinions, I mean like negative opinions, right? Like just, just very like, just, just nasty ones. Just, it, yeah. And if you're like something like this, it's just, it's crazy to me that that people, people care. And like not only that, but who says that the trophy has to equate to winning, mm. right? Like, yeah. who, like why, why is that, why is that the standard, if you will? Like the, you know, I look back and I. I have a, a a lot of of baseball trophies as well because I played a ton of baseball growing up. And uh, to me, it's not really th- those are just those are just showing me that I I went I I did what I did and I played all like a lot of baseball, right? And I, some of the trophies are different. Some of them are big because we won a championship and whatnot. But like at the end of the day, like what you get from playing those sports is not the trophy; it's the experience itself.
0: Exactly, and and you know what. I I have a a box full I guess my mom has a box full of uh what amount to participation ribbons from my time on the local swim team because mm. I was a terrible swimmer and our team were, were you know a compilation of of terrible swimmers so I got a lot of I got a lot of uh, uh, ribbons back in those days, like brown and green, which meant like you participated in the race, you finished last, but you participated. So,
1: yeah, it sounds like sounds like bowel movements uh, anyway. ribbons, <laughs>
0: brown and green. Jesus, <laughs> but but here's the thing, I hated those ribbons. Uh, so I I would I would guess just anecdotally that kids are are not you know super pumped up, they're not psyched about getting you know. A participation trophy they 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 want to win and i think that a really competitive kid is not going to have his his or her uh, a competitive fire extinguished by the presence of these trophies for every kid i i don't know i just i just don't think that that's happening
1: sure it's just not it doesn't matter enough to be and to have a negative feeling towards it that's, that's, that's and, how i feel
0: and to and to look at it as like as like some huge you know downfall in 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 the culture you know if it is one if it is a major issue then it's the parents issue it's not the kids issue because that that trophy is for the parents not the kid um uh it's to you know tell the the parent your kid is a snowflake nobody is like him which is not true just just give it a break okay uh but the, the it's the parents fault not the kids so you know everybody relax maybe
1: i mean you know you know why millennials are so lazy Participation because,
0: trophies, because right, because of participation trophies on Twitter.
1: Uh, on t- right, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, well, let's get in, let's have another awful transitioning and right, some football it. and getting some football talk. Uh, last week, if you guys listened, you heard us talk about guys who were going to regress, guys who kind of outplayed uh, what they should have done, essentially. Um, but this week, we're going to look at the opposite: guys who should progress or guys who should improve. Uh, based on what they did last season. So if they were to see similar volume again this season, their numbers might look a little different. And a lot of that just has to do with math and has to do with the law of averages. Some of it has to do with maybe the guy was hurt and so on and so forth, or the situations are changing. Uh, but we're going to look at five guys. Five guys. Danny, do you want to start with one of them?
0: I'll say five guys is garbage, first of all. It is. One.
1: Actually, you know what? I am not that against that take. Really? I- I'm not, because b- because it's atrocious for you.
0: It's so much grease, man.
1: It's 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 legitimately atrocious. It, it, it a one Five Guys burger is like two and a half Big Macs. Really? Yeah, and, and calories. So it's oh it's God. it's not. It's it's one of those things where like, sure, like it might taste. I I, I, I like I'm to the point now where like stuff like that like kind of like I just can't handle it anymore. But like I get that it might taste good, but then you start thinking about. The, the peripherals if you will of like what what you're actually ingesting and it makes you sick your stomach
0: it, it grosses me out but anyway yeah. we'll get we'll right. get on to it why
1: don't you talk about the first guy David? i will
0: i will talk about Matt Ryan uh, who uh, who had a, a horrendous year in 2015 finished as QB 18 and i think that was close to unbelievable before the season started right i mean mm-hmm. to say that Matt Ryan would finish outside the top 15
1: Shanahan offense people were pretty hyped about obviously hyped about yeah. Julio yeah
0: so you know but if you you know if you look at some of the numbers show that he was as bad in 2015 uh, on, on kind of a surface level as he was in 2013 which was another really down year for him uh, if you look at points per uh, fantasy points per drop back from Matt Ryan uh, he averaged a 0.39 uh, last year which was um, as low as it's been uh, in his career over the past five seasons. Uh, this is uh, if you look back at his peak year, it was point four nine. So that the difference is enormous between point four nine and point three nine. The number of dropbacks that he had is pretty much the same in twenty fifteen as it was in uh, you know twenty fourteen twenty thirteen and and on back um, uh, through the. I guess through I get to, to 2011 it's pretty much the uh, the same. Um I, I went a little further and looked at his um net expected points on number fire and uh Joe Redman who is a a a great writer for uh for number fire he um he wrote a piece about uh, you know looking at, at how Ryan did on a on a per pass basis and then and then overall in 2015 and actually wasn't horrible, which I, yeah. I was surprised.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. He, 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 really wasn't that, that I will say that our net expected points metric seems to like Matt Ryan or at least his game. Uh, and obviously this is an objective metric. It's not like they actually like Matt Ryan. It's just that Matt Ryan does things in terms of probably converting on third down and, and such and, and things like that, that, that increases value. But I think in general, you know, I've talked about it on this podcast many times before, how net expected points is a way of showing how well a player actually did, and you can kind of see uh, if a player far outperformed that, then that means he's probably going to fall back down to earth. And then in the other, you know, in the reverse, which is what we're talking about with Matt Ryan, he can climb back up and and do good.
0: Right, and, and so his um, uh, passing success rate, which is the percent of completions that the pass are uh, converted into positive NEP, did I have that right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, looking at his passing success rate, Ryan had his second best season of his career in 2015, second only to his outstanding 2012 campaign, which was statistically his, his best year. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, that caught my attention. And then, uh, if you look at his, uh, overall passing, uh, net expected points, he was better in 2015 than he was in 2014. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know it's the you know these things and also uh his uh his ADP uh really you know speak to me as you know maybe maybe someone who I wouldn't I wouldn't hate scooping up uh in a in redraft if you know if I'm in the right league if he's if he's really plummeting this year um it just seems like there are some you know some some arrows pointing in the right direction.
1: Yeah. I I I think so I've been snagging him a decent amount in MFL 10s because I think the way that I'm viewing him is you know in redraft we kind of know what his ceiling is. It's not that not to say that he's like a, going to be a bad redraft pick because his ADP is so lo, is so low, but we know that his ceiling is like QB8, right? But I I think that from the standpoint of where his cost is to where he could produce, which is pretty pretty big right now. Uh, he makes for a good pick. Just to just to kind of like add on to to what you said, Denny. He has a he has a four and a half four and a half percent touchdown rate over his career. Uh, the average over the last five years is four point five five percent. So he's basically an average quarterback in terms of touchdown rate. Last year his touchdown rate was three point four percent. Um. So which just shows you that he's going to progress next season just because of, of math. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that. I, you know, I'll reference this this study. So I'll just get it out of the way right now, but. I did that study where I I compared reception net expected points, which is the amount of points that wide receivers added with catches, uh, versus how many touchdowns they scored, and I can chart that to show what's the expected touchdown total given the amount of net expected points these wide receivers accumulated over a season. And Julio Jones actually over the last two seasons has has underperformed in, in the touchdown column wow. versus his net expected points total. Uh, so I'm just going to read like a, a quick a quick uh, excerpt from what I said about Julio, because it goes hand-in-hand hand with, with everything with Matt Ryan. Uh, I said, it's interesting to see Julio Jones on this list once again, but digging deeper, it makes a ton of sense. The athletic wideout was, was just not very good in the red zone. Jones ended up seeing 22 targets within his opponent's 20-yard line last season, and he hauled in just five touchdowns. Among the 37 pass catchers, which includes tight ends, with 15 or more red zone targets this past season, Jones's touchdown per target rate in that area of the field ranked 11th worst. So, and that's, that's Julio Jones. It's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Ryan tied for the ninth most red zone passes last year, but 12 guys threw more red zone touchdowns, and another three tied him uh, in, in red zone touchdowns, basically showing that you know, he, he threw more attempts than he scored touchdowns in terms of ranking, which means there's going to be some positive regression there as well. So I think all of that together just makes, makes for Matt Ryan to have mm-hmm. uh, a, a pretty good season and be undervalued in general.
0: Yeah, and I guess because he's a quarterback and if we're talking about one quarterback leagues, this Mm -hmm. might not matter a ton. Right, exactly. you know, hey, in Superflex and 2QB, this matters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think think it's a a situation, like I said, where, I I mean, I've heard a lot. I've taken a lot of heat randomly whenever I post, like, an MFL 10 roster and, like, oh, you got Matt Ryan. It's like, here's the evidence. Like, listen to this evidence. This is why Matt Ryan is not a terrible pick this season.
0: Sure. No, he's not – no, it's not a terrible pick. I, I just think that, you know, and you I'm sure you agree, he's uh he's being viewed through the lens of that of last year, which is which was an ugly, ugly year for him.
1: Yeah. Um so next I'm just gonna hop around. I'm gonna talk about T Y Hilton. Um, you know, I'm 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 trying to get a lot of him right now in MFL tens, especially. I just haven't as much as I want to. Uh, But again, this is I'm I'm looking at that study that I did that compares the net expected points totals for wide receivers versus touchdowns. Uh, And last season, T.Y. Hilton should have scored two and a half more touchdowns than he actually did. Mm. Uh, So there could be, you know, I I think I think what's going on essentially is with with T.Y. Hilton. What could happen is not only are people looking at his numbers from last season that were without Andrew Luck and saying, man, T.Y. Hilton had a down year, and then they're just kind of taking that and and putting it into this 2016 season, which is what a lot of people end up doing, especially casual players with fantasy football. But the difference, obviously, is he's got an an upgrade at quarterback, but not only that, he's going to see positive regression in the touchdown column. Uh, So that combined kind of brings a a huge value, especially if he drops in leagues because they're afraid of what happened last season. I think most people that are smart enough and, and know football enough know that, Last season, you can't really take anything that the Colts offense did uh, to heart just because Andrew Luck wasn't there, and obviously he's an upgrade over Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, but I do think that there is still value to be had with T.Y. Hilton. I think my projections that I that I spit out uh, – I think he was a uh, wide receiver 12 in PPR leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an early third round pick essentially, especially in a wide, in, in a, in a wide receiver heavy draft. That's even perhaps a late first or, or sorry, a late second round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen him go in the late third very often. So, it, you know, it, it's only a half round or a full round of equity, but when you're talking a half round or a full round that early in a draft, that kind of equity is a lot greater than say the difference between a 10th and, and an, Tenth and an eleventh round pick uh,
0: my only question there is is Andrew luck actually better than Hasselbeck, Woo! or oh whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: man, I thought I was a luck hater, and I mean I was in the Indian, they I was in the Indianapolis star, I think that's the newspaper, yeah, and because I wrote an article about how Andrew luck was not elite, basically, and I got trashed by this hmm. I can't go to this the city of Indianapolis. It's a sim. It's similar to Oakland. I can't go to to Oakland. Or
0: you can't go to Dallas either. You are quickly eliminating.
1: But I can I can kind of go to Dallas because I've been a big Romo backer.
0: Well, no, but that does not matter. That's true you because they, you don't,
1: they don't they don't even care about Tony Romo. Backer.
0: No, they don't care about don't they? You insulted the Cowboys fans' Lord and Savior Ezekiel Elliott. He of a timeshare with Alfred Morris. I said it. I said it.
1: Woo <laughs> Man, these are my computer just started. Just, I saw sparks come out of it.
0: I I I have a lot of takes.
1: Yeah. Oh man, all right. All hit right. H- hit me with another guy.
0: All right. Next guy is Mike Evans. And I, you know, I think if you play fantasy football, especially if you had Mike Evans on your teams last year, uh you probably knew this was coming because for for Evans in 2015, it was not a matter of opportunity. The opportunity was there uh almost every week. We're talking about a guy who had um, 30.1% of his team's targets, which is a, a large uh, share. I actually don't know how that stacks up among elite receivers, but I would guess that it's near the top. Would that be right, JJ? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so 30.1%. He had 146 targets, which is the eighth most of, of any receiver in the league. And somehow he was a he was a, a low-level uh, low wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. I mean, a back end wide receiver too. That's that's just it seems impossible, but uh, it all goes back to um, you know uh, uh, points per uh, target, which actually plummeted uh, from 2014, his rookie year, to 2015. So, listen to this: in 2014, uh, Evans averaged uh, 2.1 fantasy points per target, which is uh, on the uh, side of being very um, efficient. Uh, but then last year it was 1.45 fantasy points per target. That, that sort of drop, it seems impossible. I mean, that, that just is, is an enormous drop in one year. Okay. We're we're not talking about like the course of a career. We're talking about one year. Um, so, you know, long story short with, with Evans, it, from what I, what, from what I saw and what I, what I, uh, can see reviewing the stats from last year, um, it had to do with maybe some lack of luck. Uh, he had a decent number of red zone targets. He had 19 red zone targets. He converted three of those. Yep. Three. Okay. I mean, I'm looking at other guys who had 19, like Benjamin Watson had 19 and converted six. Okay, that's Benjamin Watson. Right. So anyway, uh that you know, and then and then another thing that I, I think should not be overlooked is that for the most part, Jameis Winston was very bad last year. Like, not good at all, uh, his uh, com- uh, completion percentage on aim throws. So uh, aim throws are pass attempts uh, that do not include batted balls, spikes, throw throwaways, and when the quarterback is hit. Um, so on those throws, Jameis Winston was the 34th most accurate passer in the league last year right in line with Nick Foles. Now, am I saying that Winston is Foles, of course not. But I'm saying that uh I I believe that we saw that that drop in efficiency from Evans in large part because he had an inaccurate quarterback throwing passes to him. So hopefully we see, you know, some progression uh, in that area. And, um, and I expect him, and I think JJ, you would probably expect the same thing for him to maintain, you know, uh, 25, 27, maybe upwards of 30% of the team's targets.
1: Right. Yeah. That's the thing is that like, I, you know, he had 148 targets last year, uh, 122 his rookie year. And, and obviously he, he wasn't even healthy the whole season. Uh, he, he only scored three times on those 148 targets. It's 2% Two percent of his targets were touchdowns, whereas wow. in his rookie year, ten percent of his targets were touchdowns. Um, so just that naturally, uh, you're going to see some some positive regression. And again, going back to that study, he was the number one player uh, in terms of guys who should have scored more touchdowns. He should have had seven point six three touchdowns last year, but he only scored three. It, uh, and that's and that's not even that's not even adjusting for the fact that he's a big bodied receiver who should be a big red zone threat. So that that's 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 averaging all receivers essentially, right? Based on this 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 regression, this this trend line, and so it's it, to me, uh, Mike Evans. The thing that's crazy though, that's annoying. I really wanted Mike Evans to be a third round pick this year, and it's not looking that way. It's, it's not like, even close. Right? People are still taking him. In the early second round, mid second round, and not that that's a bad value. I think that's still that that's where that, the, the problem is. That's where he should be. Right. So so even though he's going to see this big improvement, it seems like the consensus kind of knows that he's going to see a big improvement. But I think it's it's I think the consensus is seeing more kind of what you talked about, Denny, with the 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 Jameis Winston improvement and that offense just being better in general. Hopefully, yeah. Um, rather than the fact that just like math is going to help him be better.
0: Well, and I would say that we're okay. He's going as wide receiver seven off the board right now. Now, the people who are drafting right now are largely what we would consider sharks, right? right so, right. Um, I would say that in a, in a casual and a more casual league, you could you could definitely see Mike Evans falling into the third round. I, yeah. I could I could easily see that. So, you know, if you're if you're in one of those leagues, definitely keep tabs on on where Evans is going because, um, you know we're not getting a a break on him right now, but I think come August things could, could really change there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, two guys I'm going to throw out there real quick. One of them is kind of obvious. I think everyone kind of has, has talked about him at least once over the off season. It seems like on podcasts and stuff, but it's Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, he didn't score last season, uh, based on his yardage totals, his rushing yardage totals, uh, and again, just just looking at a trend line versus uh, what what would how many touchdowns you would expect him to score versus how many yards he had because obviously a player who has a lot of yards should score touchdowns because he 's running around the field a lot, so he should have scored four point two eight touchdowns that 's based on data over the last five years, and he scored zero touchdowns so right there is is instantly a a call to to action for you to at least at least look deeper into what 's going on with Melvin Gordon. I think the scary thing with him. Uh, especially in PPR leagues, is just the fact that Danny Woodhead will take that third down back role. Um, and again, last season they did use Danny Woodhead in the red zone, so it wasn't it wasn't a very easy thing to 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 handle if you were a Melvin Gordon owner because they weren't. You know, even though he was an early down back, I think he had 184 carries or so. Even though he was that early down back, he still didn't gobble up uh, all of the red zone looks in that offense. The thing is, though, is that offense should be decent. It should score touchdowns. It's got a good quarterback. Um, but, again, the the downside is that the defense still isn't that great. They're probably going to have a pretty strong pass-to-run ratio. So, you know, I, I don't mind Melvin Gordon. I think that he's he's probably priced well enough. Like, I think, you know, he's mostly like a six-round pick. But I will say that versus last season, there's no chance that he doesn't score a touchdown this year unless he gets hurt. There's, there's just – it's, it's it, it would be – I mean, he would be the the unluckiest – Football player that's ever ever played football. I, well, I, I mean, he, I mean, from like a production standpoint, I'm, I, I'm not talking about like David Wilson and stuff because that sucks.
0: Oh, God, don't say his name. Don't say his name. Yeah. Um. But yeah, well, I think he's already among the unluckiest players alive right now. So y- yeah, y-
1: right. Right, so that's that's the Melvin Gordon spiel. You know, I, I'm not—he's not a guy that I'm necessarily targeting that heavily because I don't think that there's a ton of equity to be gained just yet. I do think, you know, yeah, he has upside because of where they what they invested in him in terms of of drafting him in the first round, um, and and if there's talent there, um, that, and he's in a good offense again, that line's shaky. So there's some downside, but but I you know I'm not necessarily going out and trying to to snag him in every draft. A guy that I love though this season. And I I just I don't get it. Like I sent you and in our buddy Rich Rebar a a screenshot today, Denny, of a an MFL ten that I started where I started with Dez, then I got Jamal Charles, and then I got Demarius Thomas, and that's who I'm talking about now is Demarius Thomas. It doesn't it
0: doesn't make sense.
1: No, Demarius Thomas right now, guys, is a third round pick, and that's crazy to me. Uh, again, last season he scored six touchdowns, should have been eight point oh five based on his net expected points metrics. Uh, so, you know, it's not it's not to say that he he severely underperformed uh, in the touchdown column, but he was a he was a t- he was he ranked tenth in terms of underperforming uh, in the touchdown column at wide receiver. And Denny, let me ask you this: Is his quarterback situation really going to be worse in 2016 than it was in 2015?
0: It well, it almost can't be worse.
1: Exactly. So, how many? I've gotten probably twenty twenty to thirty questions over this offseason asking me about Demarius Thomas and whether whether I would buy or sell him because he lost Peyton Manning. And, guys, I hate to tell you this, but he lost Peyton Manning before the 2015 season.
0: Oh, you, damn.
1: Because Peyton Manning was not Peyton Manning last season. Uh, no, he you, was not. And the thing is, Demarius Thomas still had 10 top 24 PPR performances, which is something only six wide receivers accomplished last year. Uh, you know, he didn't have a crazy ceiling week to week. But he gave you that really steady floor, which is really important, especially in redraft leagues. Um, I, you know, he's still an elite talent. He's still going to see a huge, huge market share in that offense because there's, I mean, they don't even have a tight end right now. I know you love Virgil Green, but they don't. They, they have they they really don't have anything right now other than other than Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, right. You know, I, I, obviously they're going to be they're going to try to be a run heavy team. They're going to try to win games thirteen to ten. They're going to play that that Fisher ball, except they're going to be way better at it. Um, but again. I don't I don't think you can get much worse in terms of uh, uh, quarterback play versus how Peyton Manning played last year. And what that says is if Demaryius Thomas continues to see volume, I mean, right now I have Demaryius Thomas projected at 151 targets, right? 150.85 targets, which is way, way lower than what he saw the last two years where he had 184 and 177. Those Those target numbers are out of control, what he's had the last two years. Yeah. So even if he sees a dip – uh, in in that volume, he's still going to be at the the one hundred and fifty ish mark, and to, uh, and again, if he sees a more efficient quarterback play, the same type of quarterback play, he should very easily be a top ten asset in fantasy football in t- at the wide wide receiver position, and he's not being drafted as that right now.
0: Here here's a take, fantasy wise, I would have preferred Tebow over Peyton twenty
1: fifteen. Woo! Wow. Yeah. Right, I mean, all right, Skip Bayless. But but wait, wait,
0: <laughs> man, his tweets about Tebow and Peyton back when Peyton signed are amazing. If oh, you're, yeah, right. yeah. but but you're right. I mean, look at what we have with Demarius Thomas is the rare opportunity. To actually get a a deal, you know, like a price break,
1: mm-hmm. right? On a
0: guy, and, right. and you know that we like we were talking about with Mike Evans, like we want a price break so bad, but well, we're not getting it, not right. not really even close. But with with Thomas, you kind of get that, and I think that you're also getting it with Emmanuel Sanders, not as much, but. I think they, they there is there is some discount there. There is some um post-payton discount which is a totally narrative driven thing. I, I you know Mark Sanchez or or Paxton Lynch whoever they have to be better.
1: Right. It, it like I and that's not we're not just saying that guys. Like Peyton Manning was absolutely atrocious last season. Absolutely atrocious. And and even even Brock Osweiler, we talked about it last podcast. Brock Osweiler was not very good. Like there's he has a lot to prove still in Houston. To 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 live up to the contract that he signed there. I mean, it just it the the quarterback situation could just not have been worse for Demarius Thomas. And if it gets worse, then then okay, maybe Demarius Thomas is a top fifteen wide receiver instead of a top ten one because he's still going to see a ton of volume. It's mm-hmm. just it's just the way it's going to work. So I think Demarius Thomas is a great great candidate for someone who's going to bounce back. And it's crazy that we're talking about a bounce back guy for a top ten wide receiver uh but but that's that's kind of where things are at now with his value demarius thomas's value
0: but here we are yes
1: here we are so the five guys uh not not the burgers but the the players that we're talking (laughs) about demarius thomas melvin gordon ty hilton mike evans and matt ryan yep all right denny questions time
0: i can't wait i saw some good questions hot really hot takey questions good stuff
1: yeah here we go this is from at Don of ben he says what is your stance on cold stone does denny get his ice cream with candy corn in it
0: so do they have cold stone in north carolina
1: yeah they have yeah i yeah they do okay
0: they have one here i uh i usually don't get anything if i'm being honest uh,
1: like you'll go with your family and just not get like your son's gonna grow up and, and wonder why his dad never ate ice cream
0: you, you're you're probably right, and it'll probably be you know tougher to explain that than it would to explain that I was gay or something. You right. probably, you know. Probably. Um, you know uh, so I think that you know I I I see you know my wife orders this really complicated order with raspberries and all this garbage, <laughs> and you know my son gets chocolate on chocolate on chocolate, and <laughs> you know it just doesn't it's not appealing to me. I, I don't know.
1: Man, i i think it's i think it's a solid. I haven't been there in like ten years. I forgot it existed before I saw this question from Ben Donovan. But it's good.
0: It's I guess. good.
1: It's good. Sure. Next one. This is at Shocker Manor. He said, "My fiance and I are going to Italy this weekend, and she wants me to get a haircut before the trip. <laughs> is that a sensible request?"
0: Yes. Yes, man. You come on. Don't don't look like a slob going to Italy. True. True. I mean, yeah. I mean, and get a get a good haircut. Get a nice haircut. You know. I mean, your your girl wants you to look nice. Look nice for once. Come on.
1: Right. I don't know why that's so difficult. I don't know why this is really a question. Like, why does it matter?
0: I think I think some guys um, truly loathe getting haircuts, and I'm I'm not saying that I love getting haircuts because a haircut for me is like an entire day's worth of effort. I mean, I have to like you know take a helicopter and an airplane and then the metro and then i pay $5000 right but um but yeah no i mean if you're going to look if you're going overseas you're going to be taking a lot of selfies you got a lot of you're going to be using your selfie stick a lot so you know just make sure that your your hair is looking you know looking good
1: yeah i agree with you uh next one is at oshkosh jeff he said what event would cause you to actually delete your account this is to you i'm assuming uh, i guess it would the, apoco- um, the apocalypse
0: well yeah, I mean if I think if, if, if zombies were roaming the streets, I think it would be like, well, it's time to go ahead and click 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 delete and yeah. uh and we're done here. Um it, you know, there was a there was an incident a, a couple months ago uh in which I was swarmed by trolls for reasons I don't want to go into, but it was uh that honestly, the thought crossed my mind like 10 times like should i just delete it because i can't deal i cannot deal with all of these eggs and american flags in my mentions right now
1: yeah uh next one at fits underscore eight four three do you recognize gluten as being an actual thing this is gonna offend someone i have a feeling
0: oh deeply but what what is your what i, I, I don't really know what that means but what what are your feelings on this what is
1: it i think i mean i, I think it's a real thing Do you really think i'm gonna take a negative stance on anything denny like, you, you know, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, gluten gluten intolerance is not a real thing.
0: Oh, gluten intolerance.
1: I'm assuming, that's what I'm assuming, I'm assuming whenever he says "Do you recognize gluten as being an actual thing. I mean, gluten, is, is gluten, do people think it's not a thing? Like, gluten itself? That's what I'm, that's, my confusion was that, like. I'm evident- assuming, I'm assuming it's, like, the diet and the intolerance to it. Because I have seen, I have seen... I I saw a study. Okay, I don't even know what website it was on because it was probably on like a fake website, but it did say that scientists are reversing the way that they thought about gluten intolerance to the point where they 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 think that it does not exist
0: now. Oh my god, really? I, I see. I, I really am not in tune with gluten intolerance, but I'm not really. Um, I'm
1: not really either. I, I I'm I'm not one to judge. If you're if like I have no idea because I'm I'm lactose intolerant. I, I I will I'm one of those people that like I'm clearly lactose intolerant, but I still just just eat ice cream and just just fart the whole night and this just, <laughs> that's, that's just the way that it goes but so i'm assuming I'm sure there's something going on with gluten <laughs>
0: you gotta do what you gotta do, but um the cynic in me loves the the joke or the 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 thought that goes. Um, you know, only rich kids have food allergies, right? Um, or, or like, or like, I'm not rich enough to have a food allergy. It's like <laughs> right. I have to just eat whatever I can because I I can't like go around like, oh, I need fourteen dollar, you know, uh, uh, peanut butter, you know, because I'm I'm allergic. But of course, that's deeply offensive to people who have. Had horrible reactions to food and almost died, or probably, you know, in some cases have died. So sure. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna backpedal a little bit there.
1: Yeah, yeah, good idea. Uh, this next one is at Tom Decado. He says, uh, "Surprising your wife who doesn't like concerts with a Billy Jewel concert, good or bad."
0: Where, where do you Where do you fall on this?
1: Um, I mean, I think that uh, I think that Tom here. Is doing this a little bit for himself?
0: See, that's my concern.
1: But I, I do think that of all concerts, a Billy Joel concert is a good one to to choose.
0: Look, uh, this white guy agrees with you, and but listen, Tom—is his name is Tom?
1: His name's Tom.
0: This is this is dangerous territory because I can tell you from experience, if you. <laughs> if you use your wife's birthday or some other event yeah. as a way to re- like to give a gift to yourself, th- that is that is among the unforgivable things in a relationship. Right, like that. Right. That's a that's a disaster waiting to happen. I'm just going to warn you on that. So, if she's a big Billy Joel fan, I say go for it. If she just kind of knows of Billy Joel and knows some songs, maybe like, oh, yeah, Piano Man, I I remember that. You can't do this. Right. You You have to stop it right now. The
1: one thing Tom has to do is he has to play up the fact that he knows that she doesn't like concerts. Right. Like he has to he has to make that night so, so much better. Not not just so much better, but he has to recognize and let her know that he's recognizing that she doesn't like concerts to make that experience even better for her to the point where she it's memorable, right? That that, yeah. that it's an actual memorable thing rather than, Oh, we went to this concert.
0: You have, yes, a- exactly. And you know, uh, my wife has done the opposite, uh, in, in for, for my birthday, she has bought me Roger Waters tickets and she, you know, she's not a Pink Floyd fan. She's not a Roger Waters fan, but she knew that I was a fan. So she went with me, she bought the tickets and she went with me, which is an incredibly nice right. thing. I, on the other hand, am a bit of of, uh, of a jerk, and here's what I did for her 25th birthday. I Hi. surprised her with casino night at our house. <laughs> Guess who loves casino night? You. This guy loves Boker. casino night. So when, w- but but you know what? When she was when she was very excited, like it was just out of nowhere. We had people coming in and setting up craps tables and blackjack tables and, and whatnot. And it was it was an awesome it ended up being an awesome night. She was very excited, very happy. So it worked out. But I got to say, I wasn't devastated that I had to host. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the next one is at Swaggy Dad Runner. Uh, the name in this account is Justin Perillo. Oh, is it not American to think that Parks and Rec is better than The Office? Also, top five characters from each discuss.
0: Mm. Well, you're, you're a big Parks and Rec guy.
1: I well okay we we lagged Parks and Rec a little bit so we only finished it like a few months ago maybe like maybe in like the end of 2015. And it so, doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah right. I I am though. I think that that Parks and Rec is genius. I think that, but I think they're both genius. I don't think I said this on on Twitter before. I don't think any character on either show can top Michael Scott. I just don't. I that's my take. It's probably the most vanilla take in the world, but that's that's my take. <laughs> And I think, and I think that Andy Dwyer is number two on that list.
0: Yeah. You, you are, you are an Andy Dwyer truther.
1: Oh, he's so good. He is so good. So I,
0: good. I have to say, I'm a, I, I I want to not like Andy, but I can't. Right. I, I, you know, I just, I just can't, uh, I, I have to say, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally blanking right now on, um, on uh the mustache guy on Parks Ron, and Rec Ron Swanson Good god yes Rob Sw- Ron Swanson I love him not only for his dry sense of humor hilarious one liners but I love him because he is like the personification of libertarianism mm-hmm. and I his character is so deeply political even if even with the very like funny right. off color things he says it's so he's so political he is the complete opposite of like the like the liberal interve- interventionist government knows what's best. Leslie Nope, you know, uh, and and I love that. So that dichotomy between those two characters, between Swanson and Nope is I, I think is just is perfect. And it, I love I love Ron Swanson.
1: Right. I, I think the thing that I think that like early early office was peak office. And then James Spader came and everything Ugh. was just like, what is oh. going on right now? Um, but, but I think, I think in totality, Parks and Rec is probably like consistently better.
0: You know, look, I wanted Jim from the office to be my best friend. I wanted him right, to be right. my, the best man at my wedding. You know, I wanted to just hang out with him every weekend. I wanted to, him to replace you on this podcast.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, you're, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's all it's going to work now. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but yeah, I have to say I think Parks and Rec overall was better. And Parks and Rec had a strong ending to right. it. Right. Like, I
1: loved I, I loved how they brought it together. Although I mean it's not like the offices was that bad.
0: Well, the 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 second to last season of The Office was an abomination. I mean it, it actually like it hurt my soul right. to right. watch that with that with James Spader and all that garbage. That was
1: garbage. Right. Yeah. I agree. Next one is at uh STLP three 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 when do we get hashtag content more than once a week? It's time to take the fantasy podcast world by flame emoji. Um I I mean, start a Kickstarter and get us money and maybe we'll think about it.
0: Actually, JJ, that's I we we did not discuss this guys before the podcast. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, get us money,
0: guys. I mean if yeah, with, with money we can do this more than twice a week, but yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, next one at fake cousin underscore Josh. Who would win in a Golden Eye sixty four death match? Keep in mind, I'm giving Denny the Golden Gun. I'd All pro- right, well, I'd, pr- I'd probably still beat Denny.
0: L- listen, I'm betraying I'm betraying my ignorance by saying, "What's the Golden Gun?"
1: Yeah, okay. So I would I would I would destroy you. I would I would be slappers only and still beat you. <laughs>
0: oh now that's offensive no it's it's true though that's a you wait you're
1: giving me a gun and
0: you're saying that you would win by slapping me
1: yeah okay people who play GoldenEye will understand this reference but i'm just gonna hit the side c's constantly and just holding z the entire time and you're gonna have no idea what the heck i'm doing to you
0: until i just threw landmines all over the place and took us both out no (laughs)
1: that's probably what you would end up doing some proximity mines just keep tossing them at the floor
0: I would toss them so much that the screen would slow down do you remember that yeah oh yeah
1: oh yeah totally except perfect dark was a better game than golden eye (laughs) fire take (laughs) alright next (laughs) next uh next one at too much tuna uh too ma not tuna (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too, too, much, too much tuna. I started to, like, sort of, like, gag when I read that. <laughs> that's so gross. Yeah. Like, tuna's okay. Tuna sandwiches are fine, but, like, too much of it is just, like, like just, I can't I can't take it. There's too much. Oh, that's so disgusting. Oh uh, he said, feels like we're overreacting to shit show at running back uh, last year. With everyone going wide receiver, isn't there now value in early round running backs? Um, Here's the problem. I would agree for the most part. And I see what people are saying with running backs and so on. The problem is wide receiver is not very deep at all. There's so many question marks at wide receiver this season. I mean, there's question marks at running back as well, of course, but unlike other seasons, you can actually get some volume in those middle rounds of drafts at running back where you haven't been able to do that in the past. Not only that, but there's guys like, I mean, I, I love Duke Johnson. I've said that many times. Uh, a guy like Duke Johnson in a PPR league is a perfect guy that I would I would love even even if you go wide receiver heavy I wouldn't even be that mad if Duke Johnson is my running back one in a PPR league. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just in general because of the the lack of depth at wide receiver uh, and and the reason you get elite wide receivers is because of that consistency. I'm still pretty okay with going elite wideouts early. I, I like I said before though I like a mix of the two.
0: But again, if you're in a league where the top running backs are are like you know dropping you know way way below where they should be. Then, you know, get them.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about all about the value, baby. Yep. Next one at Steinman underscore Denny only likes vanilla ice cream cake though, right? Uh,
0: no, I I'll do I'll do chocolate. I mean, and you know with with some like Oreos.
1: Oh man, that's like a lot more than what I thought you would like.
0: Um, my friend uh Marielle is so mad about our takes on ice cream cake like why like she doesn't understand why anybody would want to eat slices of ice cream just put ice cream in a bowl she says it's, it's
1: but it's different
0: and she says, no, it's not different. You just think it's different.
1: no, no because the part in the middle you know the the part that cuts the cake like that's in the middle that's usually in the middle of the the ice cream that part that's like the chocolatey it's like the cake part right but it's frozen right that part is so good too uh,
0: i mean okay here, here's Denny, if you says. if
1: you don't agree with me there Denny, then you should just be eating ice cream
0: no I, I i agree with that okay so here's what she said i'm reading i'm reading her text messages um uh that's not cake that's ice cream both versions are useless the one with the cake is awful because the cake is frozen solid <laughs> i like that part And the one without cake is awful because who the hell wants a slice of frosted ice cream? Okay.
1: I get it. But you, you, you put stuff around the cake part, like the little chocolate pieces and stuff like that. It makes it taste really good.
0: Yeah. She was very angry.
1: Uh, This next one is kind of a tirade uh, from at Jonathan S. Foyer. I think, you know where this is going, Denny. I'm going to read. He has, he has a lot of tweets. This is uh, at Jonathan S. Foyer. If I may, I'd like to dig- digress from the, the bourgeoisie's preferred pastime, fantasy football, to address one of the most troubling things I've heard in quite some time. Denny's lack of understanding as to where he should focus his white guilt. Three weeks ago, Denny admi- admitted to waltzing into Chipotle in order to obtain free seltzer water, casting himself as the Robin Hood of seltzer. <laughs> if Robin Hood of seltzer truly meant I Rand of seltzer, uh, then he speaks true. Later, he expressed his white guilt over owning a John Stockton jersey—an appropriate attitude, no doubt—but felt no guilt in using his status as a middle-aged white male to pro- procure free seltzer. This is the most egregious use of white privilege I've ever heard. Hasn't our society given you? Ha- hasn't our society given you enough, Denny? What's next? Take from the take a penny, give a penny tray, only to not give a penny. This only proves that capitalism is truly the the disease, and you truly the disease, and you are infected with no known antidote. Wow. Stay, stay woke, streamers. <laughs> stay woke.
0: First of all, damn dude, you call me middle age. Yeah,
1: sure did. I'm not
0: middle age.
1: I'm sure 32.
0: Did. Sure did. Man. Anyway, you're right. Actually, Jonathan is. Absolutely correct. I am not the Robin Hood of Seltzer because if I were the Robin Hood of Seltzer, I would I would take from those who have, which is Chipotle, and I would give it to those who don't have, which are random people on the street. Be, right. Excuse me, would you like some seltzer? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And then right. you're just
1: you're just a criminal.
0: And then they would spray me with a bear mace if I ever did that. <laughs> right. And I would and I would never see it again. Uh so yeah, no, I actually you're right. I am the Ayn Rand of Seltzer because I'm <laughs> taking it for myself. It is only for myself, by myself, of myself. Yeah, no, it is. Um, you're, you're, you're correct, and uh, I have more guilt than ever. Thank you, Jonathan.
1: Oh, man. Next one, at Crimson 687 what position does C.D. Carter 13 play in softball?
0: Well, <clears throat> I know our – okay, my softball team is so old that they definitely don't listen to podcasts, so I'm just going to say this um our pitcher has forgotten how to pitch (laughs) and so i have converted myself as team captain to our pitcher uh now the thing about softball pitching you know slow pitch softball pitching is that it's easy so it doesn't i don't it's not like a, a huge challenge but i used to play center field and i used to be very good at center field and i loved playing center field um, so that, that was, that was my position for, for a long time. Sacrificed my body many times, including right before my wedding, when I thought that I had broken my arm on a dive and Melissa almost killed me. Um, <laughs> but I'm no longer a center fielder. I am a boring old pitcher.
1: Nice. Uh, next one is at PPR ranks. He said, what would be the funniest football player fight? I'm all in with Romo versus Eli. Wow. Wow. Um, football player fight. I'm assuming this is the the odor uh, Joey Bautista. Did you see that the baseball thing where? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm assuming this is this is stemming from that a bit. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. So who uh, who would it, who would I would love to see Cutler fight? I think that would be
1: funny. I'd like to see Justin Perillo in a fight. Oh man! Wow. Against like Darren Sprouls. Darren Sproles is like the odd job of of <laughs> of football. <laughs> Like Darren Sprouls, he'd be the he'd be the the asshole that's just running around the field just doing slappers down at your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awful.
0: Oh ridiculous. Um uh yeah, well, I mean I'm just talking about guys who like clearly don't want to fight, you know, like probably like wouldn't have the stomach for yeah,
1: it. Yeah, yeah, like Cutler would have his, his head to the ground and just kinda kick the, the grass a little bit, like like, like
0: or, or or he would intentionally get behind a teammate and be like, Hold me back, bro, <laughs> hold
1: me back. Yeah. That's more Stafford, I feel like
0: oh wow yeah you know they're the same guy so true true
1: uh next one at grizzly blair uh he says hey jabronis what is the worst draft pick you've ever made mine was probably felix jones the year the year dallas drafted demarco
0: um i did that too so (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: so there you go i think mine might have been i i in in a league in the apex league last year i somehow unloaded him uh but i drafted cj spiller early
0: Oh, I remember that. Yeah, but I unloaded.
1: Oh. I had i I got very lucky in unloading him before the season started.
0: Unloading him is a nice way to say that you got the deal of your life. But um, I uh, you know what that Felix Jones thing? I got got Felix Jones. Very psyched for Felix Jones. He gets hurt. Demarco comes in. I pick I pick up Demarco off waivers. Also very excited. It comes down to a start sick question one week between Demarco Murray. And Ernest Graham, who was the running back for the Bucks, <laughs>
1: Ernest Graham.
0: I plug in Ernest Graham. Graham's running wild to start the game. Then he, then his leg falls off in the second quarter, and he's out.
1: DeMarco, is, this, is this Demarco Rams week?
0: Demarco Murray goes on to rush for two hundred and fifty yards, yeah, some two, touchdowns. T- yeah, remember
1: that. remember that.
0: And I was sick, just sick DeMarco Murray ran so much in that game that he actually collapsed on what what could have been a touchdown (laughs) um I I don't know if if anybody remembers this please tweet at me after this show he was running free in the open uh after he had surpassed the 200 yard mark and he just fell down because he had no he he ran back to the sideline and he was like I'm out of gas like I I don't have anything left in me (laughs) and I was like you I hate you so much. This hurts so much.
1: It's hilarious. You
0: not often you can leave forty five points on the bench, right?
1: No, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, next one at Fuzzy Riffs. Favorite toys from the nineties. Mm. Uh, I, I don't play with toys, dude. Lego, Legos all day.
0: I get. I don't know. Power Rangers.
1: Power Rangers. were good. you. Got those flip heads. Remember the flip heads?
0: Oh right, yeah.
1: Yeah, the flip heads. Pogs. I loved Pogs.
0: I had a lot, wow, a lot of Pogs were like uh, our own personal economy.
1: Dude, yeah. It's kind of amazing. I was actually, I talked to my parents about this like two weekends ago. Uh, how insanely, because we were just talking about how they spent so much money on like Pogs and stuff. And like, how amazing are those margins? Like they, they cut, they got pieces of cardboard and they put like eight balls on them and they sold them. Like eight, it's a- eight ball designs.
0: At some at some point I felt like I woke up and was like, guys, what are we doing with these?
1: Right. The, there's nothing to do with these. Right. No one no one actually played pogs. You you just looked at them. You just looked at them. No one no one actually played Pogs. If you played POGs, you were weird. You just collected them.
0: You you all you did was collect and you wh- and those what those stupid were, ass tubes. What were the heavy heavy things called? The slammers. Okay so yeah, you get slammers. Oh, look at the, this, this one shimmers when you put it up to the light. That's cool. Okay. What do we do now? Uh, look at the pogs again. I mean, it (laughs) was, man, what a freaking, just a waste.
1: Uh, next one. This is, uh, Nikolai Pitra. He's in our, our league. He says, I know CD Carter 13 has some fire Steph Curry takes. I just know it.
0: Yeah. My only Steph Curry take, and I, I've seen the guy play like twice. I understand that he's good. Um, I see the the kind of the line of demarcation between Steph Curry truthers and those who may be a little skeptical of him, and there are people out there who are like that. Uh, is age okay? So it feel it feels like just anecdotally that you know people in their twenties and maybe maybe in their early thirties see Steph Curry as the undisputed goat, like the literal greatest of all time. But people who remember the nineties. It, it, you know, the the great basketball played in the 90s with with the Bulls and the Knicks, the Rockets at one point, the Magic, the Lakers late in that decade. Don't they they can't process a little guy like Steph Curry dominating the entire league. Right. Because mm. Steph Curry looks like the kind of guy who would have, you know, just brought the ball up back in the day, you know, sure. like and 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 not been the focal point, not only of his own offense, but of the entire league. Uh so it's hard for people I think to wrap their heads around that that profile of player. And also I'll say that Steph Curry's religious views will be under incredible scrutiny the minute he can't shoot anymore. Uh <laughs> uh and we've seen this happen a time and again and again to guys who are uber uber religious like Steph Curry. Uh, everything is, is off limits until, he, until they suck. And then the media will destroy that guy with, with his, uh, with his belief, with his beliefs. I'm not saying anything particular about how I feel about his beliefs. I'm just saying that'll happen.
1: Yeah. I, uh, fun fact, I live 15 minutes away from Davidson college, which is where he went to school.
0: Oh, I remember I, when he was in the NCAA tournament that one year, maybe or two.
1: Yeah. He was the goat in, in that tournament. They went to the elite eight. Uh, next one is at Godula 13, Brandon Godula, who works for number Fire. He says, is Denny's slow pitch softball Sierra below 11?
0: Yeah. I don't know what that means. What does that mean?
1: It's a, it's a skill interactive ERA. So it's like a adjusted ERA.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: is it <laughs> exactly. Is it, it's your ERA. Is your ERA below 11.
0: Um, I gave up a grand slam last night. If that, <laughs> Oh my
1: God, you're trashing the other pitcher.
0: Wait a second wait do you know how hard it is to pitch to a power hitter when you're when all you can do is toss it uh 10 feet in the air yeah be better uh, what, what do you want me to do i i can only put so much hair gel on the ball <laughs> yeah
1: exactly that's why you wanted to pitch yeah uh next one at smgdh who are three players who you would hate to see uh give commencement speeches at college russell wilson obviously is the woat he gave one at nc state i believe i didn't i didn't read that whole story on that though so i can't really comment
0: yeah i couldn't bring myself to click the link yeah um
1: i feel like uh, our our answers to these are always the same it's like jay cutler
0: he'd be horrible it
1: would be amazing though
0: it would be amazing
1: oh hate to see sorry would hate to see jj watt is the number one not even close Oh my god JJ Watt talking about how he wakes up at 4 30 in the morning and eats 13 raw eggs. Right.
0: <laughs> Does a thousand push-ups without stopping.
1: Right. He's like, he's like, when people told me no, I didn't just stop. That's, right. That's... I I ate more eggs. <laughs> right, right. I ate 13 more eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I ate eggs I was literally vomiting everywhere. <laughs> I ate I ate three cartons of eggs that was vomiting in the middle of my living room.
0: I'll show you. <laughs>
1: Um, they just he just downs a bunch of raw eggs.
0: <laughs> oh, oh God. Um, who There's else? There's
1: nothing, nothing, nothing worse than too much tuna. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. You know. You know. I have to say, too, Subway puts too much damn tuna on their tuna sandwiches. By the way.
1: <laughs> Why are you eating tuna at Subway?
0: I used to. Okay. Whew. Okay, you know who else would be bad with a commencement speech? Uh, RG3 would be bad because he would be so spiteful. Yeah, that's right? true. He would be so angry and hurt and bitter, and he would take shots at everybody.
1: Yeah, that's that's very true, too. Um, this next one, at abs, S-B-C-M-W-D-B. That's not, that's <laughs> not it handle it's a b a b s b c m w d b that is not that's not words that is not words what is this did you have eight children you just put their first letter of their name in your handle you're so mad uh he said yeah that's because these people are doing this on purpose uh what is cd carter 13's walk-up music for softball
0: and i saw that one um i used to have intro music on a local washington radio show Uh, I use the the immigrant song uh, by Led Zeppelin and I used to get I used to get pumped up when they were like like now. We're gonna do our fantasy football segment, and welcome to the show, Denny Carter. And they would play it. They would play like, yeah.
1: And
0: I would be on the other line, like, oh hell yes, oh hell yes, <laughs> right. I'm gonna rip this segment apart. You ready? You ready? And then they would be like, and Denny, how's it going? Oh, oh, it's good. It's good. Um, right. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, Stephen Hill.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, next one, uh, your this is at Nick R W Noonan. He said your hashtag brand is about living the stream, but how far does Andrew Luck have to fall to be a value? <laughs> All well, right. well, say let's say this: we will have a podcast on that.
0: Yeah, well, let's, let's yes, we need we should take like the top five quarterbacks off the board and say where we would draft those guys.
1: Yeah. All right. Done. Next right. at Bearhat Hat Kyle Best Activities for when you're waiting approximately 2 hours per pick in a startup draft. In a startup, wait. Yeah, best activities for you to do when you're waiting approximately 2 hours per pick in a startup draft. Um read a book. I don't know. Yeah, read a book. Next one at RotoHack. Hack. I'm on vacation. What is CD Carter 13? What does a CD Carter 13 vacation look like?
0: RotoHack, Hack, this is George. Hello George. Yes. Uh yeah. So, and George is Greek, like my wife. We have had many exchanges about Greek food. Uh, I, let's see, oh, yeah, I go on one vacation a year with my wife. We go to North Carolina. We make sure not to see JJ. Right. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Naturally. Sorry. <laughs> no, but you and, guys you guys go to the coast, though, right? Yeah, we go, yes, we,
0: we go to the coast, and we, we rent a big old house with my wife's family. So we're talking upwards of 14, 16 people some years. Um one year it was like twenty people. Um and we stay there for a week and um that's that's about it. I and and you know, I uh, I don't indulge in anything, I promise. <laughs> um Nothing. and that's that's just about it. So it was very boring, actually.
1: It's so your dad?
0: It's a dad vacation, I would say, mostly.
1: This next one, uh at try on the wall one. Do you believe the comment section for MFL draft picks should be reserved for deep philosophical thought or player evals? You know what? I get I get so mad when people like use the comment section to like like they they're like, "Oh, I can't believe this guy fell here." Like like yeah. clearly just like bashing the rest of the rest of the people drafting. Yeah, I know. It's obnoxious. Don't don't be that guy.
0: Especially in a mock draft. I I've seen fights break out in mock draft chat rooms and it's like it's like the lowest it's like the lowest point in, in hum, human history oh yeah to, to to see that happen to see someone crushing another person in the lobby or the the chat the chat section of a hey, mock draft this doesn't count for anything and right. by the way I, I I think I've decided JJ that any mock draft before August is totally pointless I how do you feel about that?
1: I'm I I won't fully disagree. I think that, but I I do think that it's 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 mostly mostly pretty worthless.
0: Yeah, I I just because you know come you know two weeks before the season and suddenly you're taking, you're taking guys who you would have never taken in July. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I yeah. It, there's there's I I see reason to do them earlier, but I get the logic if I'm especially if I'm like a more casual player. To just be like whatever
0: or if you just want to burn your boss's money and do it during work that's okay with me
1: yeah exactly next one at uh uh at a game of throws why did the why do the following never truly die jason voorhees michael myers and the cd carter 13 account I thought that was uh, this
0: is this is very simple uh it's because evil never di- never dies
1: uh yeah that's very that's very true. There next next one at Ross Kidwell he said what round do you feel safe drafting Rawls and Freeman?
0: Uh, well,
1: I would I would I don't I I'm not high on Thomas Rawls. Uh he metrics wise he was amazing last year production wise. Uh but the fact that you know you have to look at how teams are drafting and what they do over the offseason. The fact that they got two running backs in the draft, Seattle did, one of them being a third down guy who could be you know, a lot of people have already profiled him to be uh a David Johnson, CJ Prosize. It's scary. It's not something that I want to invest a top 3 round pick in. I could see him maybe in the 4th if you're if you really need a running back, you went wide receiver heavy and you're going for upside. Uh but D- Devontae Freeman to me, I think people are going to over overcorrect the the natural regression that's coming for him.
0: Um is it true that Prosize already has a bust in the Hall of Fame?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it's similar similar to the way that people felt about Andre Williams. Except right. except is actually good.
0: Okay. well, okay. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if he was just uh nominated for the Hall of Fame or if he was actually in the Hall, I'm just okay. I do I
1: do think it's crazy that people um are are like essentially ranking him ahead of Thomas Rawls. I'm not even talking about dynasty here either. Like they're That's they're, what just, I mean. they're just they're that confident in that player evaluation. Like you know, it's bold, sure. I, I don't think it's logical. I think that Procise could easily just be a third down back for the first nine weeks of the season and maybe uh, take on an early down role. But a lot has to has to fall in his favor. The, you know, the other thing, too, though, with Thomas Rawls is the injury concern, which right. all boils up into why they probably took those running backs as well. Um, but, again, like the Devontae Freeman thing, though, people... People are, are – look at – like this is the way that, that people do analysis in fantasy football. They say, oh, this guy was, was, was horrifically uh, – he horrifically overproduced last season, like Blake Bortles, right? And they say, I'm not going to draft that guy. And then they don't draft that guy. But what happens is his ADP starts to tumble. Uh, it's not really happening with Blake Bortles, but it is kind of happening with Devontae Freeman. And Devontae Freeman has shown that he has uh, the, one. You know, I trashed Devontae Freeman more than anyone entering last season, but you have to be real that Devontae Freeman was very good last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's going to see, you know, probably 60, 60 to 65% of the backfield touches, which is elite touches. Um, elite touches sounds very strange. Uh well,
0: they're my favorite they're my favorite band. Yeah, touches. T- Lo- lovely touches. <laughs> oh my god, they're coming out with an album <laughs> next Tuesday. I
1: can't <laughs> wait. Lovely <laughs> touches. Uh but he's going to see a, a decent uh market share in the receiving game. It's just it's one of those things where I, I don't I think people are just overcorrecting for for what his regression is going to look like. Uh so I, I think Freeman is still very much so a a ter- first first to second round turn guy in my opinion.
0: Yeah. No, I I do too. And and about Rawls, I just feel like people have buried him. It's it's freaking May. It's May. Right. Rawls has been buried as a fantasy non-entity and ProSize is the goat and he's going to catch 90 passes and going to have 250 t- I mean
1: Here here's here's the play though. The play is right now Prosci's is value is is high. Like I've seen people take him in the ninth round in MFL10s. Wow. And and if the, the play would be that Thomas Rawls – like, because your belief with Procise is that he's more talented than Thomas Rawls' is and that he can step in and take over that role. Well, what happens when, when Thomas Rawls comes back and plays in the preseason and, and looks relatively healthy? Well, now Rawls' ADP is going to rise and Procise is going to drop. That's when you get Procise because yeah. if you really truly believe that Procise's talent is greater than Thomas Rawls, you just have to wait a little bit before this, this inflation kind of deflates a little bit with their prices.
0: Yeah, no. It's it comes it goes back to that you know be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Right. I think so, it, it doesn't always work that way. But you're right. I mean, I think when others are fearful of Procise as as a ninth or tenth round pick, and he drops to the eleventh or twelfth round, or or even below that, then you know that's when you seize upon it. But I'm just skeptical.
1: I know? still, I, to be fair, I still wouldn't like go out buying Thomas Rawls right now because I think there's enough uh, enough. Uh, things to be skeptical about that you don't have to necessarily reach for him or take him in a top three rounds of a draft, which is where generally speaking, you know, he's going in like the third, maybe into the fourth, sometimes now round. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily to get him, but I do think that it's not necessary to necessarily reach on CJ pro size. Yeah. Right now. All right. Last question is from our, our boy Rumford Johnny. He says, what slash who would you rather face a horse sized duck uh-oh, okay, a horse-sized duck or Justin Perillo with pink eye on a Segway. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? Dude, Justin Perillo with pink eye is a frightening uh, – on a Segway. <laughs> uh, on a Segway it's a frightening thing to think about. I, To me – see, look, if it was just Justin Perillo with pink eye, I would definitely rather face him because I know I can outrun him. Right, like I can just run faster than Justin Perillo. Oh, it's so. Oh, stop, stop it, JJ. To, this is when, ridiculous. When is Justin Perillo going to be on Living the Stream? Is the real question.
0: That is a question. And come on, Justin. I mean, you can you can make an appearance here. Come on. I
1: wonder. I wonder if he's on Twitter because if he's on Twitter, we gotta we gotta get people to tweet at him and let him know that I think I can beat him in a forty.
0: You know what? This stems from you feeling good because you've been running like a fiend lately.
1: I have a little, but I think that I'm I'm feeling pretty good about about all
0: this. About your speed, <laughs> I got
1: gotcha. you. About my speed, I think I can run like a four or five right now. The, the
0: that scenario, that tweet, the tweet is very good on on a couple levels, but because it brings back the the horse sized duck, which again is a nightmare. It is it is that's out of a Freddy Krueger movie. That's just terrifying. <laughs> Um, to me and but but it kind of
1: it kind of uh, like uh, for some reason i picture like a donnie darko scenario oh, there oh yeah yeah right right that makes sense but but uh, so here but uh, a big
0: guy so justin peril is like an enormous man honestly oh, a, on a <laughs> <with, laughs> what does that have to do with any it's just it's an amazing amazing scenario i mean we
1: would expect we would expect nothing else from from rummy
0: yeah, um yeah no, and Rami's a very clever guy, but this is it, that's just an incredible thing. It's an elite Ter- tweet. It's an elite it's, tweet. It's terrifying, it's horrible and it makes me think of the pink eye scene from um Knocked Up, <laughs> which if you haven't seen it just just google pink eye Knocked Up and watch that clip. I mean, I actually I think I died and I was dead in heaven for like 6 <laughs> minutes uh, during that scene.
1: Oh my gosh. I just Look, Denny, I I can beat Justin Perillo in a, in a forty.
0: You know, I look. I have always wanted to see regular Joes running against against athletes. So, you know, I, I would I would root for you honestly. I would. I just think that these guys are much much faster than we give them credit for.
1: No, look, they are, but not Justin Perillo. Jeez, <laughs> oh, well, we're never gonna get him on the show now. <laughs> we need we need him and we need Niles Paul. Those two guys. Oh
0: well, Niles Paul will smoke us. You understand? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, oh. I'm not
1: running against Niles Paul. He's going to destroy me. He's he's an, he's an actual athletic tight end. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, oh, Jesus! But, sorry, Justin Perillo is definitely not coming on though. Yeah. Um, but Niles Paul needs to come on. To live in the stream. What's wrong? With, what would be that? Would be amazing. Justin Perillo Niles Paul. Us just hanging.
0: I I would want Alex Smith on. Although although it would be hard to explain to Alex Smith why. We have him as as our mascot.
1: <laughs> right. Why why we call him Jesus? Well
0: and why we call him Jesus. But 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 more so, like, like we have Alex Smith. And when if you think about it, this is I think this is true. We have Alex Smith as our mascot for the show because everybody hates Alex Smith. Right. But he is the embodiment, the living, breathing embodiment of the replaceability of the quarterback position in fantasy football.
1: Right. Right. Like I like how funny would it be, though, if Alex Smith was on and we were explaining to him that we call him Jesus and he'd be like, whoa, 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 guys, you guys do realize that I'm really not that good.
0: Well, or I mean, is he is he Mormon? I don't know.
1: Probably not. I don't know.
0: I thought that I heard that somewhere, but it
1: might be because he because of school and such.
0: Yeah, re- re- religious-wise, I think he might be offended, but but it would be hard to explain to someone like like we we like you because everybody else hates you.
1: Right, right. That is, it's a difficult conversation to have. But you know what? This is a safe place if he were to come on here. You're right. I I think he would be a top guy to have. Cutler would obviously be a top guy to have. Oh my god. But but Perillo, Perillo is probably the most achievable. I would say. I I agree. I think that he's pretty achievable. We can maybe use. Use some random connections and get get Justin Perillo on here. Wait,
0: who's the guy with the haircut from last year? Oh, Derek
1: Carrier. Derek Carrier would be all about that life.
0: Come on, Carrier. Come on.
1: Like, like, why would I mean? Why would he? He's why would he not want to come on this podcast? What is he doing right now?
0: Getting a haircut. Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully.
1: But, anyway, all yeah. right, Denny. Where can everyone find you?
0: Uh, at CD Carter 13 on the Twitter and check out draftdayconsultants.com if you have a rookie dynasty draft coming up.
1: And I'm JJ Zacharyson you can find me on Twitter at late round QB, all of my work over at numberfire.com, starting to get into some uh, NFL more and more NFL stuff. Um, obviously, we've been doing it all off season. If you guys listened to last week's podcast, you heard me trash DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I wrote an article about about that. So check that out numberfire.com. Denny, gonna go get some some milkshakes that came from ice cream cake?
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the milkshake. I'm going to put it directly in the trash can. Thank you.
1: Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet
0: podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fast. See football info. Check out LakegroundQBee.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams and as we live, live